Amen. You may be seated. And I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles with me again to the, the book of John in chapter number 6. And I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity to speak. And uh, it's a serious thing when we open the Word of God to think that we are about to listen to what the Creator of heaven and earth has had penned down for us. And now it's our task as as human beings, think of that, to open the Word of God and to hear from Him. And I hope as, as, we, as we time after time, week after week, as we open the Word of God, I hope that we actually hear what God is saying to us. And I, I hope this morning that He speaks to you. And um, I think that this, what we're going to look at this morning, is, is one of the greatest claims that Jesus Christ has ever made. In fact, he, he makes uh, a whole series of claims that, that are quite similar to this one. In the Gospel of John, we, we see these, these great claims from Jesus about who He is. And the, the great question in our world today really is that. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus Christ? Our world has, has uh, pursued to destroy who Jesus Christ is. You, you think about, even, even in the early days, they've tried to just take away from Jesus Christ that He is God. And the reality is, is that if we take the words of Jesus Christ, we'll have to say with, with C.S. Lewis that Jesus Christ is either a liar, that He claimed to be God and He wasn't, He knew He wasn't and so He was a liar, or He was a lunatic, that he claimed to be God and actually thought he was God, though he wasn't, and therefore he was, he was not in his right mind, or that he truly is Lord, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world, that he himself is divine. And so notice this with me in, in John uh, chapter 6, we, we see one of these, these I am statements of Jesus Christ, specifically there in verse number 35. It says this, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He again says it in verse number 48, I am that bread of life. And then in verse number 51, I am the living bread. In fact, all of these I am statements along with this one are rooted in the great I am of the Old Testament. And if you're familiar with Moses on the, the day that he came to the, the burning bush, and the well, I guess the Lord really came to him and he saw this burning bush and, and Moses responds to it and he's a bit nervous as the Lord is calling Moses to go into Egypt to, to call the children of Israel out of Egypt and, and he's nervous about whether or not the children of Israel would be willing to follow Moses. And, and this is what God says to him in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto, unto you. Now that's, that's a, that I am statement is, is one of the great uh, claims of God that, that speaks about way more than we could look at in just one sermon and, and, and more than we want to look at this morning. But to realize that God 
is the great causer of all things. That God has always been. It's a, it's a present tense, I am. He has always been, forever will be. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as God makes that claim saying, I am, the great I am has sent, has sent me. Um, Moses understands the claim. The children of Israel understand the claim. And now here we are uh, a, a, f- a thousand years later and Jesus Christ now is making these statements, these I am statements. He's making that same claim that God did. He's making the claim to be divine. He's making the claim to be God. And we see this. In fact, when Christ makes this statement, the people respond. And, and as we read the passage here in John chapter 6, they're, they're a bit bewildered, wondering what, what does this, what does Jesus mean? This man, is he not? They say, is he not? In verse number 42, and they said, is not this Jesus the, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? He says, is not this just the the carpenter's son? Is he not just a mere man like the rest of us? But Jesus Christ makes a claim to be more than just man. And so he says that. In fact, if you look in Mark chapter 14, you see that Jesus makes the same claim to be I am. He says, and Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witness? So even the Jewish people of that day understood that as Jesus Christ was making these claims, and there's there's seven of them here in the book of John, these I am statements, they understood that Jesus Christ was claiming to be God. Claiming to be the God of all the earth. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. These are the words of Christ. Claimed claimed not only to be God, but also to be salvation. And Jesus Christ makes these claims. And the question is, are they true or are they false? Is He truly the bread of life or is He not? But Jesus makes these claims. Let's back up for a moment and and just see what's happening in this passage. In in John chapter 6, we're introduced to maybe one of the greatest miracles in the Scriptures, a, a miracle that, that most people know about, and I, I bet you know about already. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, a picture, uh, no doubt, of how Jesus Christ can satisfy the multitudes. You know the, the parable, or the story, sorry, the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. There are 5,000, the Bible tells us, men. We, people suppose that there are probably well over 10,000 when you consider the, the women and children. And Jesus Christ takes five loaves of bread and, and two fish. He breaks them, He prays for them, and He breaks them, and He begins to pass them out. And as He passes them out, there seems to be no lack, right? And so everyone in the, in the, we, we would be well impressed today if I could take this, this pack of ham and feed you all with it this morning. That would be impressive. But Jesus Christ took five mere loaves of bread and two small fish and fed 10,000 people. 
the Bible tells us that after they had, they had distributed to all the people, they went back and they gathered all that was left and there was 12 baskets full of leftovers. That's incredible to think about. And those baskets, the, the word for basket there in the original language refers to a large basket. It's the same basket that Paul was let down of uh, through in, in, um, in the book of Acts when, as he was running. It's a massive basket. We're not talking all 12 small baskets. We're talking giant baskets full of, of bread that are left over after the feeding of the 5,000. And so what happens, no doubt, as, as you, you might expect, is Jesus Christ uh, goes across the, the Sea of Galilee, goes to Capernaum, and the people who were just fed wake up in the morning and they realize that Jesus is not there. And so what do they do? A man who just gave them uh, one of the greatest meals they've ever had. They were stuffed to the rafters. They were filled to the uh, satisfaction. They had a great uh, abundance of food that day. And so the people get on ships themselves and go over looking for Jesus. And they find Jesus. And Jesus says to them in verse number 26, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto the, to you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now that's interesting. The, 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 the reason the people were looking for Jesus is not because they thought He could help them spiritually, but because they thought He could help them physically. They wanted something to eat. And they were looking for another handout, for another meal. They were looking to satisfy their physical longings. Now you got to remember... Food, food in those days wasn't probably quite in, in abundance as we have it in, in our Western culture today. And so they were looking for another meal. They were hungry. They were hungry people. And if you're hungry, you, you go and find food. My, my daughter is, is just one, and she can find food anywhere. You have to watch her because you, you let her go in this, even in this marquee. She's going to find food, and it's probably not from a good source. And she, as a, as a one-year-old child, knows how to seek out food to satisfy her longing. Isn't that intriguing? To think that even the youngest of, of humans, of people, know that we need physical sustenance. We need food, don't we? But the reality is, is as these people are seeking for food, Jesus says, the food that you're looking for is not the food that you need. The food that you're looking for is not a physical food. See, physical food satisfies a physical body. But the reality is, is Jesus says you need more than physical food. You need spiritual food. Because your spirit, your soul, your inner man just as much as our outer man and as our flesh needs food, your inner man needs food. And this morning, I wonder, if you're here, do you recognize that your soul needs nourishment? I think it's interesting, and, and just a bit of a side note here, even as Christians, sometimes we forget that, don't we? 
We, we go on with life and we start to realize, man, something's just not right. I, I know I'm a believer. I know I've been changed, but something's not right. The reality is, is you, if, if you look at your life, you've, you've forgotten your prayer life. You've forgotten to read the Bible. And, and you're trying to live off of a meal once a week that you tune out for anyways because you're worried about the roast that's at home in the oven. Because you, like these people... Myself, like these people, get more concerned about the physical that we forget about the spiritual. Even believers, we do that. We forget that our soul, our inner man, our spirit needs spiritual food. We live in a world today that spiritually speaking is starving. We live in a world today where people are wondering about seeking to satisfy that, that inner longing, seeking to, to, to satisfy their need of spiritual hunger. And they go from, from, from pleasure to pleasure to, to from fame to, to, to wealth to pleasures to authorities to intelligence, all thinking to try to satisfy that inner longing. And at the end of it all, they're more and more miserable. They're never satisfied because the physical realm cannot satisfy the spiritual. The, the carnal does not take care of the spiritual. The temporal does not take care of the eternal. And so it's foolish for us. It is ludicrous that we go after the physical world to try to satisfy that which is spiritual. That's what our world does though, isn't it? Look around. Look around and, and you see people who are, 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 are just broken. They've got broken hearts and broken homes. We live in a broken world with a broken government. Broken schools. Look at our school system. Our school system is broken. We've got broken lives because we're filled. We're in a nation. We're in a world filled with broken people. Not just broken, hungering people. Hungering people who are not satisfied. I wonder if that's you this morning. As you sit here, I wonder, is your soul hungry? Do you recognize how broken we are? Sadly, most of the world today wants to ignore the spiritual. We've, got a, we, we've gotten so intelligent that we've denied the most obvious thing around us. We've, we are a materialistic world today, right? And so we don't, we don't need everything. Even love is nothing more than a mere chemical release in your brain. It's foolishness. The fool said in his heart there is no God. It's foolishness. Romans 1 tells us that they know there is a God. They know that there is a moral code written on their heart, their conscience. They know that they have a spiritual need. I wonder, I wonder will they find satisfaction? Here in this passage, we find the answer. We find the great answer. And Jesus Christ says to them, the great answer can be found. And He goes on to say that I am the answer. If your soul is hungry today, Jesus Christ makes this great, this massive claim. Are you hungry? Then Jesus Christ says this to you. He says this to all of us. He says, I am the bread of life. Now, okay, we've heard that. We've heard that believer. We've heard that 
dozens of times. We know the I am statements. They're, okay, he's the bread of life. Bread, good, that's good, he's, he's satisfied. No, it's more than that. Re- recognize that Jesus Christ is saying, I am. First of all, he's saying, I am divinity. He's saying, I am the bread. He's saying that he satisfies. He is sufficient. He, he uh, quenches your thirst. He fills your hunger. He is enough. There, there are 12 baskets left over. There is plenty. Be full this morning. And then he says this, of life. Not only is he, is he God, not only is he f- sufficient, but he is the giver of life. What a claim. It's not just a, a, a mere statement. It is, a, it is, a, it is Jesus Christ, the, the, the God-man, making a claim that He is enough. All the hungry, all the brokenness, all the longing, all the destitution that our world faces, that our world faces, not just your little soul, but that the world faces, Jesus Christ says, I am sufficient. The reality is, is as, as the 5,000 were sitting there that day, if, as the disciples went around trying to pass out the bread and the fish, what if the people would have said, no, I don't want any? Guess what? They would have left hungry. And as Jesus Christ, the bread of life, is offered to the world today, many say, I don't want any. And guess what? They are left hungry. I wonder today, will you be left hungry? Jesus Christ says that I can satisfy. You know that Jesus Christ alone can satisfy the longing in your life. Even as Christians, and, and so often when, you, you know, we, we talk about the gospel message, right? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The good news that Jesus has come into the world to save sinners. And we as Christians believe that, right? We've been changed. But do, do you realize that, that your continued sustenance in life, your continued satisfaction in life is rooted in the same place where your, where your salvation came from? Your continued joy, your continued hope, your continued peace, your continued all of these things, grace and mercy, love, is all still, as it was on the day of your salvation, it is still found in Christ. He still satisfies. He is still sufficient for you today. He is the bread of life. What a statement. Jesus says it. And Jesus said unto them. Who, who was them? It was a great multitude. Now may, maybe not, maybe not all the 5,000 got on ships and came over, but, but no doubt there was a great number. Some suppose that this was one of the greatest group of people that Jesus Christ made an I am statement to. That there was a great number of people and He says to them, I, Jesus Christ says, He can satisfy their souls. He satisfies. He is enough. He alone can fill the hungering soul today. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, as I said, they they didn't understand this. Because 
Just, just like Nicodemus. When Nicodemus was speaking with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? How can a man be born again? Why? Because he didn't understand. He was looking at the material. He, he, he didn't realize that Jesus Christ was speaking about the spiritual, the inner man, the inner woman, the, the, the soul, the place where your affections are. Jesus Christ says that He alone can satisfy. And then He says this, I am the bread of life. Now, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a claim, not, not, not just a, a mere physical life. In fact, even if you're a believer, your physical life still will, will have a, 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 an expiry date, right? Physically, we all still die. Even though we've been born again, even though we've had the bread of life, we still die. But He's speaking about spiritual life eternal life. See, the reality is if you don't feast on the bread of life, then you are left eternally dead. It is through the bread of life alone that salvation is offered. And can I tell you, what is the great thing about eternity? Is it heaven? Is it the streets of gold? Is it the fountain? Is it the the trees? Is it the the mansions? I go to prepare a place for you. All the mansions. Someday we talk about someday wanting a, a nice big mansion. Can I tell you what the greatest part of heaven is? It's the bread of life. It's that God is there. It's that Jesus Christ is there. And, and just like we once, mankind, Adam and Eve, once communed with God, they walked with Him in the garden, Someday we too again will walk with God. What a thought. Because He is the bread of life. That's the great thing. He says this, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. And then He says this, He that cometh to Me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on Me shall never thirst. Here's here's the, the reality. Jesus is the bread And you need to eat that bread. You must come to Christ. You must. What's it mean to come to Christ? This is the the great, as we go to the Netherlands this week, somebody's going to ask this. I guarantee you, in the schools, we'll be talking and we'll say, come, Jesus says come. And they'll say, what's it mean to come? What does that mean? Here it is. Look what the Scriptures say. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And there's a parallel thing here. And he that believeth. On me shall never thirst. Coming and believing. And in, um, in John 3 again, there's the picture of, of looking. He that looks to the serpent, right? That's the same picture. Coming, looking, believing, eating, having Christ as your own. And if there is in you this day uh, just a, a mere, a, a little niggle in your heart that says, you know what, maybe, maybe I do need to eat of that bread. Maybe I do need to be satisfied. Maybe I do need to look to Christ. Then give yourself to it. With all that you have, put, put thrust your weight towards Christ that He might receive you. Because He says this. This is what I love. He says, He that cometh to me. Look, look, look. look. Verse number 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And this, and Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Can I tell you, that is one of the greatest invitations off the lips of Jesus Christ that the world has ever heard. He that cometh to me. Somebody says, I don't know that God wants to save me. He says this, He that comes to me, 
I will in no wise cast out. Would you come to him today? Would you believe? Would you look? Would you, would you simply taste and see that the Lord is good? Would you know that, that the bread satisfies? It helps you. It, it, it increases you. It, it is sufficient for your soul. Somebody says, I, I don't know if, if Christ wants to save me. Well, the Bible says if you would come to Him, He promises not to cast you out. Would you come today? Would you, would you look today? Would you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved? That is, Jesus Christ in, in, this, in this passage makes one of the most broad and, 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 and liberal invitations with the Gospel that He ever does in the Scriptures. And can I tell you, it is as broad and as open to you today as it was to them in the Scriptures. Will you come? Will you come to Jesus? Is your, is your soul longing as the heart panteth after the water brooks? So my soul longeth after you. Will you come and be satisfied? I, I, I don't, you, you know what it's like? It's like a, a large feast. Imagine with me that we were all at a large feast today and, and everyone was queuing up and, and there was, uh, there was whatever your, whatever your fancy could imagine, whatever you could imagine to eat your favorite food, it's there. And you get to go and we're feasting on it. But over in the corner, there's, there's maybe one of the young men in the church. Maybe, maybe one of those people who comes to church week after week after week and they, they hear the gospel message and they see all those people over there. What are they doing? They're having a feast. They're enjoying themselves. I don't want that. Why? They've got so much joy. They've got so much satisfaction. I don't want that. How foolish would it be? How foolish would it be to stand and, and come week after week and to watch uh, hundreds of people feasting on that satisfying bread and to think in yourself, I don't want that. The, the, the skeptic says, that's not for me. I don't want that bread. Would you just come and taste and see that the Lord is good? I think, I think that this morning there are people like that. Young men whose parents drag them here week after week. Maybe, maybe young ladies whose parents are here who have brought you here. Maybe some older people who come because, well, I, I know I should and maybe, maybe I'll. And you watch every week all these people enjoy the pleasures of Christ. Enjoy the resurrection and the life. Enjoy the bread of life. Enjoy the true vine. Enjoy all the sustenance that is found as Christ. And you look at us and you're like, that's not real joy. You, you look at the believer and you think, that's not true. Can I tell you? Or can I invite you? As Christ does, would you just come and see? Would you just taste? Would you experience it? Would you, would you just get in the queue and get in the line and, and come to Christ and say, Christ, maybe, maybe your bread, maybe your son is sufficient. Maybe, maybe you are sufficient for me. Would you believe on Christ today? The reality is, is, is I have nothing to offer you. Because Christ has already offered you everything you could ever need. And all I am doing is re-echoing His offer. All I am doing is a signpost pointing you to the buffet to tell you that Jesus 
satisfies. He is enough. And His own words tell us. Take Jesus at His words. I am the bread of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank Thee this morning that Thou art able through Thy Son to satisfy our longings this morning. I do ask Thee that Thou wouldst draw the Father, that Thou wouldst draw the longing soul, the lost soul to Thee this morning. Please, Lord, bring them unto Thyself. May they be converted. Save their soul, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen.